Can it be another big week for the Jaguars and Rams wide receivers together? It's time to break it down for you right here and right now as we look at our wide receiver and tight end rankings for week six, only on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL, betting, and fantasy for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst at NFL.com. All right, Michelle, we are into week six. We'll have our first game tonight. We'll see what happens there between the Broncos and Chiefs. It is crossover Thursday here on the network. It's brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, so check out all our team podcasts here. The easiest, most exciting way to uh, play fantasy sports daily is here. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedNFL and use the promo code, all lowercase, LockedNFL for first deposit match up to $100. So check out all the shows there as we break down the matchups in week six. We're going to continue to do that here on Locked on Fantasy Football. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player league. Your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. So Michelle, we've established that this is my favorite day of the week because I like to look at wide receivers with a little bit more volatility, surprises, some matchups that we may not like as much. So we'll break those down for you in week six and uh, we'll start in two places here. And it's good when you can have two receivers to start on the same team. The Rams, I don't know if we expected that going into the season, but Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua are their guys. And we thought this could develop for the Jaguars, but it's finally happening where these guys consistently are doing the job here. Zay Jones getting hurt. So Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. So let's break down those first, Michelle. Uh, are these now combination plays that you have to have in your lineup this week? Yeah, especially the Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua side. I mean, right yeah. away we saw the entire offense just go through these two guys, and that's exactly what we need. I don't need targets to Tyler Higby. I don't even need targets to Tutu Atwell. Just give yeah. them all to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, and I think that will keep happening. They have a really nice matchup against the Cardinals. We both have Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua as top eight plays this week. Yeah. And then when it comes to Calvin Ridley, we're both super high on him. We'll get to that. But I also... I, I really want to play Christian Kirk as well. Not as high as, you know, I don't have Christian Kirk as high as Puka, but I do think he's a really good wide receiver to play as well because just the Colts matchup is so amazing. Yeah, and we saw the Rams actually take advantage of that matchup just a couple weeks ago before Cooper Cup returned and Nakua had a big game. He had his first touchdown on that one. We saw even the Jaguars go to work. I mean, it looked a little bit quiet for Christian Kirk in the first matchup. That's because they were getting Ridley going, and he had a big, big game, we know, against the Colts in week one, so not that long ago. And look, the Colts' secondary has not been good at all. They're bad on the outside. Their one guy, Kenny Moore, has not been good on the inside, and Kirk However, is lining up a lot outside. With no Zay Jones, that's also helping him, where he's avoiding these tough slot matchups as well. Where I like Nick Koo and Cup. They're just scheming them open all the time. Yeah, so I think you're looking at uh, potential two wide receiver ones on the Rams this week in terms of their finish. I think you have a wide receiver one and a high-end wide receiver two if you go there with uh, Ridley and Kirk. I know a lot of people don't have both these guys on their teams, but 
I don't think it's one or the other. You can't say this is a week for this guy, but it's not a week for this guy. They are both very heavily involved in their offense. Now, speaking of that type of passing game, Devonta Smith is a guy that has disappeared for two weeks. He started out like gangbusters. What's happened in the last few weeks? A.J. Brown has got his. Then they had to get Dallas Goddard involved. Sometimes it's hard when the Eagles are smashing opponents and having a lead to get all three guys, their numbers, in a given week. And it's been playing out for here for the last couple seasons. So Devonta Smith disappeared last week. It was a Dallas Goddard revival game in Los Angeles. Now you look at this matchup. It's interesting. I think we look at these two guys. I think I'm higher, I think, in general, weekly on Devonta Smith. I am at I'm at 12. I have A.J. Brown at 11, so it's maybe taking a little cop out there. But you have a bit of a separation there, Michelle. And for me, I think this is more of a Smith week because they got Goddard his numbers. I think it's a more of a Goddard-Smith week, partly because A.J. Brown might see Sauce Gardner this week. But, again, that's why I didn't drop A.J. Brown. He's red hot. But I think Devonta might get going this week if that's the case, and that's how the coverage plays out, especially if D.J. Reed misses another game for the Jets. Yeah, it can always be a Devonta Smith game, but that's why I typically have him ranked a little bit lower because it can always be an A.J. Brown game or a Dallas Goddard game. He's only had five targets in three of the last four games, hasn't gotten to the end zone since week two. And honestly, I'm not scared of Sauce Gardner this year. I mean, we saw Stephon Diggs and CeeDee Lamb destroy him, right? So these wide receiver ones have gone up against the Jets and have been plenty fine. So but I will say Devonta Smith with his route running is a lot more like a Stefan Diggs than an AJ Brown yeah. is. So maybe that's the type that can really beat this jet secondary. But I also think this is going to be a heavy run game for the Eagles. You can run on the jets. They they've been giving up a lot of rushing yards. So Deandre Swift should have a nice game. Jalen hurts might get some yards on the ground. Smith is a fine play. I, I yeah. he has a high ceiling, but I also, he can disappear in any given week. Yeah, you just cannot expect all of these three guys to go off because if they're running and they're winning, there's not going to be enough targets to go around for all these three guys, and they're going to play the matchups. And that's what the Eagles do week in and week out, right? They're just going to go with what works, not going to force what doesn't work, and sometimes someone is the odd man out. And uh, Goddard, I think, will be involved again. That's a good matchup. We'll get into his matchup a little later in the show. But uh, another player that we have to watch this because it was a little concerning in mispractice. We might need to move down. This is why I had him a little bit lower, Michelle. All things uh, considered here with Mike Evans at 21. You had him pretty high here at uh, wide receiver 14. Again, I'm a little bit concerned about this hamstring. He's had hamstring issues before. I think he'll gut it out. He doesn't need a lot. He doesn't even need one full practice to play. We've seen this before with Mike Evans, but that's my only concern. But uh, I think if he can go out there, it's a pretty good spot here against the Lions. I think I like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin this week, especially with Brian Branch hurt for Detroit. Yeah, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to have much success at all running the ball against yeah. the Lions. Like They've been pretty good at stopping the run, and then Rashad White stinks. So I do think they're going to have to pass a lot, and we've seen Mike Evans now get into the end zone in three or four games. And I just really like that connection between Baker and Mike Evans. Obviously, the hamstring is a worry. And even if he does play, he could tweak that hamstring on the first play. So it is a risky play. But I, I think if he's out there and playing, you plug him in. And I agree with you. I, Chris, I think Chris Godwin's a lower floor unless uh, Mike Evans were to miss. Then I would feel really good about Chris Godwin. But I think you can plug in both of these guys in this matchup. Yeah, for the deeper league, we didn't really talk about him on waivers, but 
the guy that uh, Baker Mayfield really likes is Trey Palmer. So if Mike Evans was out, I mean, this is a decent matchup for Trey Palmer. He scored in two of the first four games. I'm not saying he's going to light it up here, but look, we're struggling. A lot of people are struggling for wide receiver threes with buys and maybe George Pickens is out. You don't have uh, Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs and you're disappointed with your number three. So watch that carefully. I mean, don't forget, we handcuff running backs quite a bit, but you can also handcuff wide receivers in the right matchup if someone's going to step up and see a larger role. So something just to monitor. Let's hope Evans plays if you have him and we don't have to go that deep here. Now, Gabe Davis. Now, he's coming on crazy. I think we just had to wait a year. Like, it was great if you had him in some games last year, but he was hurt. He still finished as a wide receiver three, and I think that was kind of a mild win because he was such a sleeper that people were taking late. Now everyone maybe downgraded him a little bit. Now he's totally going off. He's scoring every week, it seems like, and he's on a hot streak here, and it's the Giants this week, and the Giants secondary has been not good at all. Dory Jackson was their one good corner, and he hasn't been looking good. So, again, speaking about two receivers you can start on one team, Diggs and Davis are one of them as well at this point. Yeah, all the touchdowns are going to Diggs and Davis. They've combined yeah. for nine touchdowns this year. Allen's thrown 11. So they have nine of Allen's 11 touch passing touchdowns this year. And the Bills at home, at home in Buffalo. I'm not talking about the home game they had in London. Yeah. But at home in Buffalo, Josh Allen is unstoppable. I mean, he's averaging over three touchdowns a game since the start of last season uh, in Buffalo. So I expect this. they're just going to demolish the Giants. I think Josh Allen could have five passing touchdowns in this game with Davis catching a couple of those. Yeah, it's interesting. They've kind of become like the Rams. Like everyone else has fallen off here. They don't really care that much about getting the ball to Dalton Kincaid or Dawson Knox. Khalil Shakir makes like one play every week. All those other guys that used to be annoying, Isaiah McKenzie and Cole Beasley, those guys are all gone. So none of those guys cutting into the work. So I like it. Like throw to two guys and throw to them often, and we're going to get good fantasy results, especially with an elite quarterback and one that's going to light it up downfield. So it's a perfect situation, I think, for Davis and Diggs. And that's why I wouldn't be surprised, uh, much like uh, Brown and Smith from last year, the Davis and Diggs both finished in the top 12. It would not shock me at all this season. I, I think they're headed there right now with the rate that uh, Davis and Diggs are scoring. So we'll look at that. But, yeah, so be fortunate that you have Jaguars – Rams or Bills receivers in your lineup this week. We'll get into some of those wide receivers we might have more questions about in our next segment and also look at our tight end rankings for the week. But first, we've got more of a word from our title sponsor. Talk about daily fantasy made easy, and that's what our title sponsor does, Price Picks. It's a skill-based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. They go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. All prize picks there, or you're not competing against other people. Just you versus projections available. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including those pros and sharks, prize picks adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. You can check it out, watch in the action, and uh, put together your string of players for more or less for these projections. And you can even... Get in on the action after a game has started, so check all that out. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnFL and use the promo code LockedOnFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Don't forget, we will have our prize picks picks of the week on Friday show tomorrow to close the week, so 
we will uh, tell you maybe some uh, plays to consider there. So, again, that's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnFL and use the promo code LockedOnFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks daily fantasy made easy. All right, Michelle, we're going to continue looking at our wide receiver rankings, uh, some guys we like, some guys we don't like. It seems like a weekly question with Garrett Wilson. It's just been tough because you know the talent is there. You know the opportunities are there. There's some flashes on some plays with him and Zach Wilson. You just want it to be complete. Now, I'm not sure what to get from him versus the Eagles this week. I know the Eagles secondary is struggling, but I'm not sure. I think the pressure up front could really rattle Zach Wilson. I don't know. Are you playing Gabe Davis or not Gabe? We're playing Gabe Davis. I think yeah. I get confused because I have Gabe and Garrett on my team. One is producing way more than I thought. One is not. Garrett Wilson, I don't know. I, I'm I'm torn on this one. I want to play him in theory based on the matchup, but I don't know if I can play him with Zach Wilson. I'm ready to get hurt again. I really, yeah. really am because the matchup is, if you can't play Garrett Wilson in this matchup, I don't know when you can. And I understand yeah. that Zach Wilson might get rattled by the defensive line, but at least one wide receiver has hit 17 plus fantasy points in every game against the Eagles this year. And they've allowed two wide receivers to hit 16 plus points in three of their five games. So really, Garrett Wilson would have to be the first one not to do it or one of the Jets wide receivers. Even Kendrick Bourne in week one hit 24 points against this defense. Curtis Samuel in week four hit 18 points. Like Garrett Wilson, he has to do it. Like he has to do it in this matchup. And if he doesn't, then I don't think we have any hope. Yeah, he was getting close uh, last week. Unfortunately, that ball that was intercepted late by Zach Wilson, uh, if you throw it a little bit the other way, that's a touchdown for Garrett Wilson. We might not be talking about this, and he has like 80 yards and a score in Denver. So that's something definitely just missing, and it's very frustrating to see that in fantasy for sure. And one guy that's been frustrating as well, I mean, I don't know. Like, we'll have to monitor this for T. Higgins. He probably wants to rush back here because maybe he's trade bait. Maybe he saw Jamar Chase going off in Arizona and said, hey, I want a piece of that. It looks like Jamar is the man here. I want to go up there and make some plays. Now, interesting matchup against Seattle. Like Some things say it's a tough matchup. Some with their injuries say it's a more favorable matchup. I tend to think it leans toward pretty good here because it's at home, and the Bengals fixed a few things, and Joe Burrow looks better. So I don't know if I trust Higgins. I feel like he's become boomer bust. I thought he had a pretty fl- good floor and he was consistent. Where now I think Jamar chases that guy based on his targets where I'm not worried about him too much. But yeah, it's really dropping. I don't have him ranked right now. I don't know if he's actually going to play. You have him at 24. I, I just don't trust him at all. And again, he's a guy that uh, they might be trading him pretty soon here if they can go in a different direction. And Trenton Irwin and these other guys uh, play okay enough to get by. Yeah, it's really hard to trust T. Higgins this week. I kind of hope he just doesn't play, right? They have a bye next week. Let yourself rest up, get through the bye, and then when you come off the bye, hopefully you can be fully healthy. But I don't want to risk playing him and he gets one big hit. I mean, this is a rib injury, like one big hit, and it hurts too bad to play. The Seahawks are a really nice matchup. They're allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. It's just he hasn't done a whole lot outside of that game. He caught a couple touchdowns. So that's what you're going to need. If you plug him in, you're going to need those touchdowns. It's a risky play. And there are other guys that hopefully you have that I like a lot better that we'll talk about 
in a bit here. There's actually three guys that maybe you have that you can plug in over T Higgins. First up being Jordan Addison with Justin Jefferson yeah. stepping out. I'm getting higher and higher on, on him as we get to the weekend. You have him sitting at wide receiver 26 right now. Do you feel like he takes a big step forward with Justin Jefferson out? Yeah, I'm just being a little bit conservative here because I don't think uh, KJ Osborne or TJ Hawkins are going to be phased out here. And Jordan Addison's telling him Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to be still third in the pecking order just because they like to throw a little bit outside and to the tight end a little bit more. And Addison will be on the field now regularly. That's great because that means he'll be running routes instead of waiting for 11 personnel and three wide receivers. They tend to play Josh Oliver a lot with Hawkinson. Now we know at least Addison will be on the field with Osborne. So that's a lot better proposition for him producing. Now, I want to see him a little bit more consistently producing. He's been a big play guy a lot so far early in his career, but we know at USC and going back to Pitt, this guy's a very good route runner, possession type receiver, so he can get open all over the field. That's why he went in the first round, very talented receiver overall. So we'll see. Maybe that kind of expands his role here, but yeah, you got to play him and you got to play KJ Osborne. I mean, this Vikings team, this play is too much Throwing the ball. So I have him a borderline wide receiver two. Look, if he catches a touchdown, he's probably finishing close into the wide receiver one situation here. And looking at Osborne, I think you can look at him as a wide receiver three this week. I mean, I think you just bump everyone up. The Vikings, again, are going to throw a ton. The matchup against the Bears is pristine. It's very good here. So, look, I probably have him a little lower. He'll probably finish, as we know, somewhere in between our 18 and 26 ranks. But, yeah, he absolutely must be played no matter what. And, uh, Get the results from him. I think he's going to have a big stretch here without Jefferson in the mix. Yeah, I do too. So I'm really excited to see that. Two guys that have just been absurdly consistent. And <laughs> they know that everyone, well, you were in on Jacoby Myers before the season. But with Adam Thielen as well, like these are two guys that seem boring to draft, right? And you just thought, yeah, maybe they'll put up some good weeks, but they're pretty boring except now they're just scoring fantasy points left and right. I, yeah. I think you just have to keep plugging in both of these guys, especially Adam Thielen against the Dolphins. I expect, you know, the Dolphins to just destroy the Panthers, which will mean a lot of passing for the, for the Panthers and garbage time. And Adam Thielen has been a monster. I mean, he has scored over 20 fantasy points in three of the last four games has hit 15 plus in each of the last four games. And we know Jacoby Myers revenge game against the Patriots. And he's been nothing but fantastic as long as Jimmy Garoppolo's playing. Yeah. I think what's happening with these guys is they're very similar receivers and the fact that they're big, but you can't put them inside, which is good because then they can avoid some of those tougher matchups and they use their size in the slot because a lot of nickel corners are a little bit smaller. So Myers, however, and Thielen have expanded their repertoire to be outside when needed. And it's they're getting it done in different ways. I mean, you look at Devontae Adams, the Packers with Jair Alexander made sure that Devontae Adams was not going to do anything in the revenge game. I blame Jimmy Garoppolo for not throwing to him even when he was covered to try to get him some plays. But Garoppolo, Myers, I think something about that McDaniels offense, they didn't play together in it in New England, but they connect well, like here in this spot. And you know what the Patriots are going to do. They have a banged up secondary. They're going to try to double team Devontae Adams. So look, Bill Belichick's not going to say, we're going to take Myers out of the game. He's not going to do that, right? Like they probably had a little bit of motivation to do that with the Packers. I don't see a revenge game narrative saying we're not going to let Jacoby Myers beat us. They know that Adams is the guy that beats them the most. 
they're going to take him out of the game with double teams, much like the Packers did. Jacoby Myers is going to get great coverage everywhere else on the field, take advantage of with Adam Thielen, look, at garbage time. And then I think we just maybe underappreciated him when he was in Minnesota. I think he's a guy that, look, has uh, kind of grinded through, but he gets open. He runs great routes. He's good in the red zone. So both these guys are just playing fantastic, and they're very similar and uh, different paths because one's kind of a number two doing it, and one's kind of a default number one. So I'm excited actually to play both of those guys. Now, one guy that I think is coming on and could be like one of these guys with his size and their usage, right, is Drake London. So he's just a little bit younger, but his usage is starting to become more consistent. He's getting touchdowns and tougher matchups that we saw there as well. He came through in some really good spots here. So now you look at uh, the commander's matchup. I mean, he could get Emmanuel Forbes quite a bit. That's the same matchup that EJ Moore pretty much crushed for most of that game on Thursday night. So Drake London, are you trusting him now? Like I was fading him pretty hard, but now Des Ritter is playing a little bit better. The receivers are getting involved. And what I like, I think it's basically Drake London, Jonas Smith, and Kyle Pitts, and no one else is involved in this passing game, not Van Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to trust Drake London, and I did. I wanted to fade him this week, but it's too hard to do against the commander's secondary, who had just been destroyed by... It's not just D.J. Moore. It was A.J. Brown the week prior with 175 yards and two touchdowns. It was Brandon Johnson and Marvin, J- Marvin Mims both making big plays in week two. Stephon Diggs had over 100 yards in week three. Like everyone's destroying them. I will say they benched. Finally, they finally benched rookie cornerback Emmanuel Forbes last game in the second half. Will they keep him on the bench? That will be key. Now I still don't think they're going to be good, but he's the one that's just so bad right now. And I feel really bad for the young kid, but if he's not on the field, then maybe they will be a little bit better. That's my only concern, but I, I think you just have to keep throwing in Drake London. I would still play like Jacoby Myers or Adam Thielen over him, but I think he's a viable option if you want to play. Yeah, I I think the commanders have been struggling to shore up corner for a while now. They've thrown money at people. I didn't like the Emmanuel Forbes pick at all. I'll be honest with you know, evaluating. I know he made a lot of plays in college, but he's small. He shouldn't be an outside corner. Yeah, he needs to be an inside slot guy. I think that would help them, but right now that's not happening. And Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are having a lot of problems here scheming up this defense. So that's a problem. Magic Johnson's watching. If they get ripped here by the Falcons receivers, uh, there could be some changes coming in, Atlanta, in uh, Washington pretty soon. And maybe uh, you've had uh, Arthur Smith uh, stave off any change in Atlanta for a while. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, I was not on him at all during the season. I was fading him. I mean, preseason, I should say, I didn't want any part of him. Then randomly out of nowhere, he has a massive game with Ryan Tannehill. I guess probably was just a Colts matchup, right? So that was in play. The Ravens secondary is not this dominant secondary. There's an opportunity, but I don't know. There's no one else here. Traylon Burks is hurt. I, I don't know. Like, look, Mike Evans is not an exciting, or Mike Evans is an exciting play as a veteran guy, but DeAndre Hopkins, not exciting in a hall like you know he's not going to score a touchdown you just have to hope for more volume so i guess he's okay i just uh, i'm glad yeah, i, don't I have him. With all my teams <laughs> yeah it's i don't either good. i have him down at wide receiver 34 he was averaging just 
54 receiving yards per game from weeks one through four before this amazing Colts matchup, but you just want to play your wide receivers against. I, like you said, I really just think it had to do with the matchup. The Ravens aren't the hardest secondary to beat, but they are getting Marlon Humphrey back, I believe. So maybe that, you know, they get a little bit better there. I really would prefer not to play Hopkins this week. And these are two guys here that we're going to end our wide receiver rankings on that I would consider playing over a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. And it's one guy we already talked about, KJ Osborne against the Bears with yes. uh, Jordan Addison. And then Josh Palmer for the Chargers against the Cowboys. I also think he could be a really solid play this week. I do expect this to be a high-scoring game be set behind uh, between the Chargers and the Cowboys. Palmer led the Chargers with eight targets, 77 yards in their last game against the Raiders. Now 51 of those yards came on one reception, but still it's nice to see led the team in targets. Well, I don't know if that's nice to see if you're a Keenan Allen uh, fantasy manager, but I I think he'll get a lot of targets in this game. He could score. So I like Palmer and KJ Osborne at the end of last year when we saw Adam Thielen struggling and they gave Osborne more opportunities. Osborne actually scored 15 plus fantasy points in four of the last five weeks. So I do think he's a pretty solid wide receiver that when he gets opportunity, he's pretty good. Yeah. These two guys opportunities. I mean, when they get time to play, they can deliver again. This is maybe the underrated thing in fantasy where we handcuff a lot of uh, running backs, but maybe we should consider receivers at at some point too, especially if they've got really high value the way that, uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously, in the, through the roof, but Mike Williams also had pretty good val- volume and value here. So when you look at the Palmer, look, the Cowboys, this is the most inflated stat, I think, early in the season. The Cowboys' pass defense is number two in the NFL. But who do they play early in the season? They played no one. They had Daniel Jones. They had Zach Wilson. They had Mac Jones. And then they had Josh Dobbs. Those are the first four quarterbacks. They face a legit quarterback who can actually drop back with some decent weapons. Brock Purdy, look, he didn't light them up, but part of it is the 49ers stopped throwing. Like if they had to keep going in that game, Brock Purdy would have probably had 400 yards if they had just been relentless in that game. But they were so up big that they didn't have to do it. So what did Brock Purdy do? Fire some lasers downfield. <laughs> and, Just, and Justin Herbert can do that. So look at Josh Palmer, I think he's got a little bit more speed and downfield ability than Keenan Allen and maybe underrated in that aspect. So, yeah, I expect a really nice game from Palmer on Monday night. And Osborne, you're going to get it. So, I mean, take advantage of these guys when you can. There's always opportunity knocking when injuries take it away from us in fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it for our wide receiver section, but we're going to talk about tight ends to end our show today. But first, let's talk about another one of our sponsors. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using promo code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com promo code locked on. 
All right. We had a huge week from tight ends last week. I'm not sure we'll get that again, but it gave us some hope at this terrible position at the yeah. top. These guys, we don't need to talk about at all. If you have them, you're playing them. That's Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, and Sam Laporta. Just plug them in. Yeah. Uh, with Dallas Goddard finally had a good game in week five, right? Finally came through. He was a ghost before that. He gets a pretty nice matchup for tight ends this week against the Jets. You do you think he has another good game back to back? Yeah, I mean, last week was a spectacular game in relation to tight end production this year. So, yeah, I think he has another solid game. I wouldn't expect him to go off that much when he scores. It's a rare occasion here. So something that you look at that says, okay, he's going to be involved quite a bit. Again, which wide receiver is going to be the guy left out this week is more the question. I think Goddard is going to be a key part of the game plan. So I have him at number five behind those plug-and-play guys. I think you also, if you want to say every week, guys, at this point, George Kittle, he's a little bit boomer bust, but he is special, and you can't take him out of your lineup. And then Evan Ingram just been solid, nothing spectacular, but he's a guy that just – you have to put in there because he's good because he sees a lot of targets, but everyone else, I think you can consider week to week and look at the matchup. So Goddard, however, maybe reestablishing himself as one of those guys. So I do like that. I mean, Goddard is at five here for me. You're not uh, too far behind at six. So pretty even there. We're also even on this next guy, Logan Thomas. I mean, yeah, this is lining up. Well, you have him at number seven. I have a number eight. So not much difference there. We like him as a certain play this week. I mean, how can you not? I mean, Sam Howell is just targeting this guy everywhere. He's forgetting about his wide receivers. He's mm-hmm. doing it like uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's kind of interesting, right? Eric Bieniemy comes over. What does Patrick Mahomes do? He throws to a tight end and spreads the ball around around the other wide receivers. That's what's happening here. So I never thought about it that way, but that's what's happening here. Logan Thomas is healthy. The Falcons are not very good at covering the tight end. We saw Dalton Schultz go off against them last week. So Logan Thomas, I think you might be joining this group pretty soon for guys that you just said it and forget at tight end. Yeah, I mean, he's consistent. And then he also showed a high ceiling last week with, you know, putting up 77 yards and a touchdown, scoring over 20 points. So before that, he was just consistently scoring okay points for a tight end. And now last week you saw that. It's an amazing matchup against the Falcons. They're allowing the second most fantasy points to the tight end position this year. Sam Laporta, Dalton Schultz, Hayden Hurst, and Evan Ingram each put up at least 12 fantasy points against the Falcons in a game this season. So if you don't have one of these top guys, Logan Thomas is the next best thing. And he was available in a lot of waivers still entering this week. Now I'm sure he got picked up by many people, but hopefully you were the one that was able to grab him. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky that there are some tight ends that have emerged of late that are playable right now. Now, Darren Waller has been one of those disappointing tight ends where you might pivot off him. I get it. He had a nice game against the Dolphins last week, and that was fine. But we're just so hoping to extract enough points out of him. He's not a threat to score in any game. He didn't really do that in Las Vegas either, where he wasn't a big touchdown score for the Raiders. So that's a concern. Now he's got a new injury. He already had a previous injury. Now it's a new one that's growing. He's older. Look, I know on paper this Bills matchup got a lot better against the tight end. Matt Milano out. I mean, that's a big loss here in terms of covering tight ends. But I don't like what's going on with Daniel Jones with the injury. I don't like uh, maybe the pivot to Tyrod Taylor. I don't see this 
Giants offense even being on the field all that much against the Bills. So I'm just going to fade him. There's too many other guys that are merging that we don't need to force a gimpy Darren Waller into the lineup and hope, just hope, hope for the best that he'll get five for 75 and we'll go nuts about it. Yeah, I think that's my biggest concern right now is the groin injury. I just don't know what that entails and how much that will be making him gimpy, like you said. And the Bills, I mean, yeah, they they dealt with all those injuries last week. They still held uh, uh, Evan Ingram to what his worst game of the season with only four receptions, 28 yards on eight targets. He did have a wide open touchdown. He dropped. But yeah, I'm not I'm not loving this for Darren Waller, unfortunately, this week. And then moving on to a, a tight end that's been, I don't know. He hasn't done a whole lot this year, right? But he is a tight end 13 somehow in fantasy because yeah. this position's disgusting. Yeah, Jake Ferguson. I like him in this matchup against the Chargers. I don't, I'm not scared, scared off of his game last week, right? He was up against yeah. the 49ers. No tight end does anything against the 49ers, especially Jake Ferguson. Like A guy like yeah. that is not going to have a good game against his 49ers defense. But the Chargers, they're beatable. You can play tight ends against them. And in the three games prior to week five, he put up nice fantasy weeks. I mean, as much as you can ask for from a tight end. So I have him as my tight end nine. I don't think there's going to be a huge game from him, but I think he is very playable uh, tight end this week. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's one of those touchdown-dependent guys, and that's fine. There's a lot of touchdown-dependent guys. I mean, those are basically after I look at basically – is 13 is where I cut off. These guys are just darts for me, like in terms of they can score. And in theory, some of these guys have better matchups than he does. So I I don't know what to get from him. But I do know one thing. You're not getting anything from Michael Gallup or Brandon Cooks at this rate. So after CeeDee Lamb, he's the next guy that he's throwing to. I'm just a little bit worried about Dak. He's just not looking good on the front end. I don't know. It's hard to read. Like on paper, this Chargers matchup is good, but in theory, is it really good? We have to see <laughs> because this offense is just not clicking, and we'll see how it uh, plays out here. But yeah, I think he can finish anywhere this week. That's why nine and twenty-two make a lot of sense for his ranking because I just don't know at this point. And another guy that we liked, and he was coming through early. You were uh, banging the table for him before the season. I just don't know what's happened. I know the matchups have been bad, but Hunter Henry should not be disappearing on a Patriots offense that is not getting any returns from Juju Smith-Schuster. Get the ball to Hunter Henry. I don't get it. And a couple weeks ago, we had Farrell Brown do something. Come on. I don't get it. Bill O'Brien, this Mike Gusecki, Hunter Henry experiment with the two tight ends. It has just been not good. Part of it is, again, no good offensive line play. Mac Jones has struggled. No one is doing anything in this past game. But what what do you feel about... Hunter Henry this week. It is the Raiders, so maybe something happens. Yeah, I think he I think he is a good option here to score a touchdown this week. I mean, he's had over 50 yards in three of his five games. One of those games being last week where he only had or one of the games he didn't have 50 yards was last week. He had zero receiving yards. But the Saints do not allow anybody, any tight end, to do anything against them since the start of last year, like you don't play tight ends against the saints. We'll talk about that with Dalton Schultz. Do not play him because they're not going to let him do anything. Uh, But I'm not worried about last week. And I think he comes through with a touchdown 50 yards in this performance. So I think he's a, a fine starter uh, in week six, Tyler Conklin. Can we talk about him for a second? Because it seems like he's the only one 
that has a connection with Zach Wilson because yeah. somehow this dude, Tyler Conklin has 50 plus yards in three of the four games with Zach Wilson as the starter. If you're in a full PPR league, I think he's like a safer bet to at least give you that nine to 12 points. And in uh, I think you'll take it right. If you don't have one of the top guys. Yeah. I mean, that's just what we're looking at. I mean, I have him pretty highly ranked and he was involved quite a bit against Denver. Like, it gave me a little bit of encouragement. It took a big play late to get there, and they've also thrown to C.J. Uzama in the red zone. So I would like to see Conklin go up and get some uh, touchdowns there as well. And they also work in uh, Jeremy Ruckert from time to time. So I'd like to see him disappear. But when you look at this uh, matchup, it's good. I mean, the Eagles have been very giving to tight ends. And we talk about Dallas Goddard on the other side. These are two of the struggling tight end teams at this very moment. The Eagles were really bad early. They've uh, been a little bit better, but they've also not faced any legit tight end where Conklin is going to see some key targets. I mean, it's between him and Al Lazard, who's really the number two. I know they work in Randall Cobb a little bit here for Zach Wilson. So I like it that Conklin is within the top three targets for the Jets every week. Uh, so that's almost key for your fantasy uh, tight end to produce. So we'll see. I would like him to get in the end zone, something he did in yeah. Minnesota, hasn't done it on a regular basis with the Jets. But, again, he's good enough, I think, where they'll be fine. The Eagles will be fine if Tyler Conklin has a big game. They're not going to care one bit. So that's that's working for him, I guess, this week. Yeah, absolutely. And you expect the Jets are going to have to pass often. The Eagles yeah. are really good at stopping the run. You'd expect the Eagles to you know score a lot of points even against the Jets' defense. So, I'm guessing there will be a lot of passing and probably, you know, Tyler Conklin's going to get his six targets and probably 50 yards. So I think he's a good play. And I kind of feel the same way about Zach Ertz against the Rams. Great matchup for any tight end. Zach Ertz is like his receiving yards suck because he's averaging, I think like 6.6 yards per reception. It's just pathetic, but his targets and receptions are there. So if you're in a full PPR league, Zach Ertz is also another solid play this week uh, as well, just for a streamer tight end for the week. Yeah. It looks like uh, 50 yards is our kind of threshold. We'll be happy with 50 yards in most weeks from most guys. So that's sad, but that's why maybe, Tight end premium, get those guys early. And if, if you have Sam Laporta, that was been the best thing because you waited on tight end. You got a guy that's producing in the top five. That was the ideal scenario if you weren't going to get Travis Kelsey or TJ Hawkins, and that's playing out here so far. So good stuff here, Michelle, on the show as we broke down our wide receiver tight end rankings for week six. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen day every day as we'll look at DFS tomorrow, look at the recommendations on FanDuel, our prize picks, picks the week two, close the week ahead of week six. Good luck if you have any Broncos or Chiefs going tonight and you need some points to start the week. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Hopefully uh, Travis Kelsey goes off in this one. So hoping for that. But for Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.